0: Word, thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just ask as I share what you've shown me, Lord, that that I do it justice, Father. Help me to be in your will, Father, in the name of Jesus. Um, these are some interesting times. <laughs> You know, they didn't tell us about this in Bible college, you know, <laughs> wearing masks and doing different things and, um, you know, and, and what's kind of interesting, and we all know this, and this isn't a topic that I really wanted to talk about, uh, and, I, and we're going to go over some scriptures, to be honest with you, I was like, I don't I'm want to take that out. I want to take that out you know and and but I didn't I'm I'm being faithful to the word if it's in the word we need to hear it even if we don't like what it says and you know we have it you know right now it's it's so hard because we can't do anything <laughs> which we should be praying and in the word but you know we turn on the TV or we look to turn to social media and that is ministering hate fear lies and it's being spewed out not only, it's from both sides. The liberals and the conservatives are spewing this stuff out. And we're sitting there thinking, well, who do we believe? Okay, we believe the Word. We believe what the Holy Spirit is telling us. We believe in those promises. And if we're looking to those outside sources to be our Savior, well, they're, it's not our, they're, th- those are not our Savior's. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, the politicians on both sides have hidden agendas. This sounds like, a, like an awful message, <laughs> you know, but we're going to get to... It's kind of like you can't pretend that God has delivered you of something if you downplay what you're being delivered from, you know. Let's pretend it wasn't so bad, <laughs> you know. No, our God is mighty. His name is above every name, even... No matter how lifted up those things get in our media and on social media, God, Jesus Christ's name is higher than all of those outlets. It has more power and has more anointing. And so, yes, these are troubling times. And, you know, it's, but still, as a Christian, I want the experts to agree. But you know what? <laughs> the experts, <laughs> that's not Jesus. You know, what I need to do is, okay, my prayer is that the experts will start agreeing with what the Word of God says. That is more important. And but um, and right now, those of us that are, you know, been around for a while, you know, this is probably the most I have seen our government divided, I mean, before you had little divisions and different things, but right now it is just so divided, and people, do, it's kind of like, don't confuse me with the truth because this is what I'm going to believe. That sounds a lot like what the Lord has told us about and warned us about. And so I just want to look at, at Romans 16 and the 17th and 18th verse because it tells us to avoid <laughs> a, a divisive person. You know, even if you like them. You know, we think about avoid them in the church. Well, yeah, you need to avoid them in the church, but you need to avoid them, period. And so, starting with the 17th verse, he says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. So, if you've got somebody on TV or media and they're speaking something contrary to the word, Avoid them for those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly by smooth words and flattering speech deceiving the hearts of the simple you know this explains why okay you ever wondered why um, you know why should the Christian avoid you know uh, these decisive, decisive people well you know what Christians are voting for people that don't support our values. Christians are supporting people that speak against our values. They're using their, it says right here, their smooth, flattering words, and in some cases, buying votes. And this is happening on both sides. I'm not talking party, I'm talking. We've got to be careful when we, and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit can quicken us. The Holy Spirit can quicken us to say, oh, that's decisive. And don't sit there and say, oh, it's no big deal if I listen to decisive. But you know what? You hear it over and over again, and you they have some good arguments. They play on your sympathy, you know. And the next thing you know, you're fooled. No one wants to think that they're being foolish. But if you if you don't do what the word says if you listen to those decisive people it'll change your thinking it'll pull you away from what you know is the truth and i know that sounds very harsh but that it's the word it's the word and so it, there's another thing that the word tells us to do it tells us you know what are you supposed to do when you when there's divisions in your government what are you supposed to do when when uh you, you see the people that are that are put in in authority that you don't respect them. <laughs> well, the word says respect them. You know, this this disrespect didn't start today. It didn't start, you know, three years ago. This disrespect started a long time ago. It's those smooth talkers, decisive people. Just started, and how how Christians get snickered into this is someone that's divisive says something that we agree with. Well, what we have done is, if we we've opened the door for them to tell us more more divisive things. The first one, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You know, the first one, that's right. That person shouldn't do that. But the next thing you know. It just, t- just starts, you know. The word says here: I urge you, stay away from them. Don't listen to them. And so I want to encourage everyone. You know, we need, and people say, "Well, I, we need to know what's going on in the politics. How do we pray? We have a Holy Spirit that will tell us how to pray." You know what? Maybe if we do hear something, we need to pray for that person that we want in office that they not be deceived and so decisive. Who knows? And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not pointing names uh, because it's, it's, it's happening across, across the board. But one thing that we are supposed to do, we are supposed to respect government. And this is the part I didn't want to talk about. And it's in Romans 13. And it's, it's 13 through 13, uh, 1 through 13. And it says right here, you know, and, 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 and this was written most likely because the people there probably didn't want to submit to the governing authorities. Because if they didn't have a problem submitting to them, then you wouldn't have had to teach them to submit. And, and this is what I had a hard time with. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Wait a second. What if they're bad? they are bad, you know. For there is no authority except from God. Wait a second, God. There's no way God put that person in place. We're not talking about the person. We're talking about the authority of the position. There are positions in our government that protect us, that protect the church. And it goes on to say, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist. Will bring judgment on themselves. Well, I try to think. Okay, we're talking about authorities in the church. You know, I, that's what I'm thinking. That's what, because that's what some reason I want to think that. I don't know. I don't. I, it's not the Holy Spirit that's leading me that way. Because when I ask God what's going on here, we'll keep on reading. It says, for rulers are not, uh, 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 for rulers are not to terror the good. So even these bad rulers aren't meant to terror us, but the evil. And we've seen situation after situation in the Old Testament. That being true, I mean, think about how many bad leaders protected Abraham and all God's people. (laughs) They wanted to hear God's anointed. (laughs) They were heathens, but you know what? They they respected God's authority, and God was able to use those those people. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good. You know, people don't want to hear that. Do what is good. You will have praise from the same, for he is God's minister for your good. He never says that the authority is good. He says he's the God's going to use him for our good, but if you do evil, be afraid. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's funny. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess in 2015, I got pulled over for speeding. I got real, Ruth looked at me, Mom, why are you, I mean, I, I almost wanted to cry, I'm a grown woman, you know, and I got pulled over because authority, it wasn't, I was fear, I wasn't fearful of him, and it wasn't as fearful that God was going to smite me for, for, you know, for speeding or anything, but I think, I, I think I had respect for the position, my parents taught me to respect authority, and so when I was caught breaking the law, it, it, I knew I'd done something wrong, you know, and, 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 I, I was, and to the police officer, you know, I said, I'm so sorry. To you know, be honest, I, okay, in that, in that situation, this was true, okay? I do have a tendency to speed some, okay? But in that situation, I was speeding, because so I took a wrong turn. I was on my way to, to a re- rehearsal dinner, and I had an excuse. And so the guy saw I was nervous, and I was, I was also nervous. I didn't have time to get pulled over, you know? And I just expl- he asked why I was speeding, and that's why I was speeding. And he did uh, give me a warning, and after he gave me a warning, I praised the Lord, I praised the Lord, and I thanked the Lord, and I thanked the Lord. That authority there was for my protection. And he also told me, you know, where to, where to get on the, 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 you know, get the right turn. But I'm not saying that happens every time, and I'm not saying, I don't know why I didn't get the ticket. I'm, I'm not going to question that. But I do know one thing. I had respect for him, and I showed reverence and fear for that, for that officer. Um, it, it goes on to say, for he is God's minister. You know to do good, but if you do evil, be afraid and if he does not bear the sword, uh, he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is god 's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil this that 's the way it should be, uh, therefore you must not, you must be subject not only because of the wrath but also for conscience sake. our conscience gets numbed by things. You know, it's amazing how, you know, because someone has a good story. This wasn't fair. This wasn't right. Well, nowhere in the Word does it say it's fair or it's right. You know, in the Word, you know, it says if you're born a slave, <laughs> when you're born again, you're a slave. <laughs> and I, I, hate to, you know, I hate to even point that up in this current age, but, but things, you know, we, we want to get mad at other people for, for where we're the station that we're in our lives, and the good thing is, in this country, we, we, we have a choice and we can change the station that we're in. For because of this, you also pay taxes. So that tells you right there, it's the government. <laughs> it's talking about the government. And uh, so you pay taxes, for for they are God's ministry attending continually to this very thing. Remember, therefore, to all of their, their, their due taxes, we, 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 uh, render, therefore, to to all their to-do taxes, to whom taxes are due, customs, to whom customs are due. You know what? Right now, I don't want to wear a mask. Down there, I was praising, and you know what? I couldn't sing as loud as I wanted to because I need a whole bunch of air to do that. But you know what? That is the custom that we have right now, and we're adhering to that, and God's going to honor that. Fear for whom fear, honor for whom honor. And so that's the part I didn't like to say. But, but, but there's another thing that I think that we're missing. And that is the next chapters. And I want to read that because it says, "O no one anything except love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law for the, the, for, the, uh, com, for, for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know what? If we loved our neighbor as ourself, this would be a much better place. You know, it's interesting. I, I love my street because my street, we, we, I, haven't, I haven't experienced in my adult life, the street that I live on kind of reminds me of the, the street I grew up on. We, we take care of each other. We check in on one another. It's not just me, myself, and I. But you know what? I've lived in, well, I guess, you know, f- f- five houses my adult life, and I've experienced that in two, in two, in two homes, not even half the homes. And, and that's a unique thing when I share that with my, with my friends because they don't even know their neighbors and and all of my neighbors, we're not the same. We're all different nationalities. We're all, but we, you know, we just, we check in with one another. We call each other. We wave. You know, I love that. I, I have like the community ladder. <laughs> you know It's gotten word. You know, they just text me, can I use your ladder? And I tell them, yeah, you know, tell them where it's at, you know. And I love that I can do that because there might be a time that I need something. You know, that give and take, that love. And what a great witness that is. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to shove Jesus down their throat. I'm, I'm just loving them. And you know what? They're loving him. I can't say I'm responsible for all that because they're, they're, they're being loving too. But it goes on in 11th verse to say, Do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake. You know, right now it is high time to awake out of our sleep we have been sleeping a lot of us have been sleeping for now our salvation is nearer than than we first believed the uh, the night is far spent and the day is at hand therefore let us cast off the works of darkness let us put on the armor of light let us walk properly in the in this day, in the day not in reverie and drunkenness not in lewdness and lust not in strife and envy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and take no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust this is true to, this I mean this is what this is a great instruction for us right now we can be a light to the world to our neighbors we can be a light to the world because people are, people are looking at us to see how we're responding to this and um, and just follow the instructions and the commands that the Lord has told us to do. You know, God wasn't blindsided by what's happening right now. The Bible warns us about times like this. You know, when I was younger, you just couldn't believe there'd be times like that. Well, you now, we're in times that are being described, you know, you, know, you know, in here, you know. And so what's happened is the Bible warns us so that we don't have to be fearful we don't have to have anxiety. And I want to, I want to turn to John 10, uh, starting with the ninth verse and going. Uh, we're just going to read the ninth verse Start there. It says, I am the door, and anyone enters by me will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. I'll take care of you. The thief does not come except to, kit, to, to steal to kill, to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So he is saying, okay, just think about it. We have an enemy right now. Look, he's just roaring around. He's trying to kill. He's trying to steal. He's trying to do all kinds of stuff. God's not surprised by it. He warns us we shouldn't be surprised by it, and we can enter into his peace. We don't have to enter into the chaos that's happening around us. You know, but there's another part of it, too, is that, you know, Peter tells us that we need to be sober sober, <laughs> and vigilant during this time. So let's look at Peter, First Peter um, 5, starting with the 8th verse, going to the 11th verse. And he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. <laughs> I mean, think about it. We turn, you know, we, 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 let, the, we let the lion into our house. You know, we, we, we turn on the TV and let the lion roar to us. And then when we turn it off, the lion's in our mind, and we let our mind roar to us. And then we, you know, and then we're sitting there full of anxiety, and we don't know why. Because the enemy is seeking to devour, d- devour us. So resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay? Let's not pretend. We're all... I don't like having to be at home. I don't like being by myself. Now, is it uh, tearing me up? No, but I don't like it. It's, I don't think it's good for me to be alone. That's why I'm on the phone a lot and, and talking to people. That's why I need my neighbors. <laughs> Just Even if I can see them from a distance, hey, you know. I look out my window and I love it. I can see the kids playing. Well, it's kind of hot now, but I can see them outside. That does something for me. We are we need that human interaction. And praise God, God put me in this house so I could have that interaction in times like this. Praise God, God put me in this church so I could have Zoom meetings and talk with people and not feel all alone. But you know what's weird? I don't like being alone. Okay, I don't. I don't like not talking to people. But... There's still a tendency to want to isolate. That does not make sense. You know, why is it, you know, that it's it's so funny. I I get that reminder about the Zoom meeting. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I run downstairs. I brush my hair, brush my teeth, you know, put a little makeup on, you know, and uh, change shirts maybe. I have my shorts, wear the shorts all week, you know, and then I'm there with smiles. But, you know, and and I get there just in time, you know, but I'm there. I'm thankful for those reminders. Uh, But let's go on. It says in the 10th verse, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, perfect, establish, and strengthen you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, you know, Christians think that Christians aren't going to suffer. Isn't that weird? And they're taught that. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I and my life has been perfect ever since. <laughs> okay, if someone's saying that, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. You know, Peter's telling us that, uh, experience we 're going we 're going not only going to experience suffering we 're going to experience sufferings plural we 're going to go through some stuff, and not only we're going to go through stuff but these sufferings the sufferings is what 's producing you know and it, that's that 's what 's perfecting us that 's what 's establishing that 's what 's strengthening us and settling us Wait a second doesn 't make sense going through something bad is gonna <laughs> settle me. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make sense to our minds does it you know, and the world will turn that against the christians look at look how can he be a christian he, he he promotes all this stuff and look look at his life his car broke down da, 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 da. you know it's kind of funny during this COVID situation i've had to uh, you know in a short period of time i've had to replace my pipes 10 grand i've had to uh, replace my fence i think that was another like four grand I had to buy a new you know, a new computer, you know. I had to buy oh, I had to buy a new printer, you know. Uh, and my refrigerator <laughs> went out last week, and you know I could sit there and say, oh the devil the devil's attacking me, that devil that devil. No, all that stuff was old. <laughs> all that stuff was old. <laughs> you know my fence was falling down. You know. It was old. My refrigerator was old. You know, it's kind of funny. My printer I had to replace. I was wanting to replace that for years, but I was just too cheap to replace it because, because whenever the ink went out, if I only print in ink in, in black. But I but if fuchsia went out, I had to put fuchsia in there that I never used. You know, and I was and I complained about it. Maybe the Holy Spirit was telling me a long time ago to replace that printer. Why replace that printer? But you know, but I'm not attacked. Praise God. I, you know, it, that didn't put me in debt. Praise God. You know, I'm, I'm doing fine financially, and I'm thankful for that. But even if I had to go into a little debt for that, you know, and charge it on my credit cards, praise God, my God is sufficient. And I believe that God would have given me that credit card to get me through, through, through that time. Um, so we can find comfort in knowing that this stuff we should. Things we go through. Instead of sitting going, oh boy's me, oh boys me, oh boys me. What am I going to learn, Lord? How is this going to strengthen me, Lord? I'm not going to let this get the best of me. No, this is, this, I'm not going to call something bad happening. In and, 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 and those situations, that's just old stuff. But there are some things that happen in life that there's going to be some troubles that, that are going to happen. And, and we can't just let those troubles cause us to want to roll over and just die. Or just give in. That's right. That politician is right. (laughs) The government should be taking care of me. (laughs) You know. And I'm not saying. I'm just saying that our source is God. So you know. But there's another part that I want to talk about a little bit. And. um, And I I lost my place. Because I kind of got ahead. But in the scripture. it, It goes on to um, tell us some more, inst- you know, there's more instructions there that were at the beginning of that paragraph, of that, of that chapter that I didn't cover. And I want to go to that now. And that's in 1 Peter 5, and starting with the first verse. And, and it says, the, okay, the elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am an elder, fellow elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ... And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as an overseer, not as compulsion, but willingly, not as dishonest, not dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory. That does not fade. So he's talking to the elders. The next chapter he's talking to the young people. You know I like think I'm young. You know. And it says likewise. Why, somebody laughed about that. Likewise. You younger people. Submit yourself to, the, to your elders. Yes all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. And gives grace to the humble. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You know, we love the fact that we can cast our cares on him, but we do not want to submit. <laughs> we don't want to submit to anything. And I, and I, and that's kind of, that's, that's, that's in our nature. We don't want to submit. and, and, uh, and some are better at submitting than others. But the world tells you, you know, you have to earn, have to earn their respect. <laughs> but the Word says, respect authority no matter what. The world says, well, you only respect your husband if he's respectable. The Word says, respect your husband. I mean, that's, that, that's a principle that will do you well. Now, it doesn't mean if your husband's sinning that you sin along with him, but you show him respect. But most people think they're humble. And they're not. You know, pride tells you or tells us we know what we're doing. (laughs) Pride keeps us from submitting. Pride keeps us from from admitting we've made a mistake because we have a reason why we did it. You know, there's a reason why we did that. Pride keeps us from admitting we even need help. Pride keeps us from asking for help. Pride keeps us from admitting we don't know what we're doing. And after all, it wasn't my fault. Because there's a reason why I did what I did, and if you knew what happened to me, you would know why I did what I did. And, and there's so many stories <laughs> about how I—I <laughs> I got a lot of stories where pride got me in trouble. I'm going to share one of the stories, but there's a lot of them. And but this back when I was tw- I was in my late 20s, I decided to change careers, and to be a recruiter. And so I, I started to work for M. David Lowe. I had worked for M. David Lowe for three months, and I was failing. In three months' time, I was paid a salary. I did not recruit a single person or fill a single job. I did not know what I was doing. I was feeling very unsuccessful. I was feeling pressure because I knew I was going to get fired because <laughs> you're paid to do a job. You're not doing it. <laughs> In my day, you got fired. Anyway... Uh, I get a phone call from a recruiter from another agency that asked if I had come talk to them. So I got a job with another company doing the same thing that I didn't know how to do, getting paid more money and having better benefits. That's God. That's God. Answer to prayer, you know. So my first day on the job, because I had experience and I told them I did, you know. Uh, First day on the job. Uh, They go through the typical stuff, you know, sign all your paperwork. And so I was able to start work about, you know, after lunchtime sometime. And so I'm on the phone because recruiters call people to recruit, you know. So I'm on the phone, and I can see my boss, Emma. And Emma and I, we, we could pass files to each other. That's how close we sat. I could pass files to the person in front of me, and I could pass files. There was four of us there. And Emma, she starts to say, Oh my, oh my. <laughs> and she, I won't do her accent because it sound, makes it sound nicer than what it was. And she said, you know, she said, Karen sounds awful. She sounds awful. And she taps her nails on the desk. Karen, Karen, you sound awful. And I'm talking to someone on the phone. And she's louder than I am. Then she stands up and she yells across the room to Bobby who requ- rec- recruited me and said, Bobby, I thought M. David Lowe trained their pe- people. Can you hear Karen? She sounds awful. I'm on the phone. I was, I don't know what I said. To the guy. I got off the phone, you know, and I hung up. And then if I didn't hear her, once again, she gets my attention. Karen, you sound awful. And she goes, I thought that you were trained. And she was very mad. And she says, listen to me and watch me do this. And I watched her for a while, you know, her do it. I'm ready to go, you know, and I get on the phone and I'm on the phone talking to someone, and I can just see the heat rising up over there. And she's breathing, and she's doing I mean, she is just furious. So I know I'm doing something to tick her off. And when I hang up the phone, she's, and she used some expletives. What the blank are you doing? Who the blank do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And, <laughs> and some other expletives, you know. And then she and then she said, you have all of three months' experience. Okay, I have been doing this for 20 years. I am ranked number one in production in the state of Texas. And I've been in the top three for the last 10 years. And you think you know better than me? What the blankety-blank, you know. And she was so mad <laughs> that she shoved her thing up and she stormed upstairs and she yelled at me for a while and I just can't remember all of it and I don't need to repeat all of it and she goes upstairs and then she proceeds to tell the people upstairs what an awful employee I was as though they didn't hear it the first time and it was about five o'clock and nobody looked at me because they felt so bad for me and so i get in the car and I am just beat up you know I played sports back when coaches could yell at you you know, I had this one coach, this vein on her head would, would stand out, and the vein in her neck would stand out. And sometimes she'd yell so much at you, she'd get hoarse. So I've been yelled at before. But I'd never been talked to like this. And so I was in the car. Your first thing is, the enemy is attacking me. <laughs> you know, and I was, you know, and I went on and on. This is ridiculous. You know, to be honest with you, if that would have happened today, I'd ha- I could have sued her for bullying and harassment today. And as yes, I was driving home at, a, at a hour, an hour drive, and I was just complaining to the Lord, and once I got to the end of myself, the Holy Spirit said, who do you think you are? <laughs> I wanted compassion. Who do you think you are? By you not doing it the way she told you to do it, you thought you knew better. And... That hit me. You know, I had 30 minutes just to drive home. And when I got home, I practiced what she told me to do. And I practiced and I practiced. And the next day when I showed up to work, it was so funny because when I opened the door, everyone kind of like, like they were surprised I came back. Okay, I went to my desk. They'd cleaned my desk off because <laughs> nobody comes back after that. And I'm sitting there and Emma walks in. I'll never see. I saw her walk around the corner and she just had a coffee, and she stopped and she's like, And she sat down and she looked at me and I said to her, I'm going to do it the way you told me to do it. That year, I was rookie of the year in the state of Texas, which means for the rookie, I had the most production of any other rookie in the year. After that, I always ranked in the top 10. When I look back at it, okay. At M. David Lowe, I didn't know what I was doing. See, pride keeps you from hearing instruction, okay? I didn't hear what Emma was telling me because of pride. That's why she got so mad at me, you know. And if you think about it, she had a right to be mad. She hired someone. I misrepresented myself. (laughs) She thought she was getting experience, and she wasn't, and she was mad, and she was paying me for it. And so she had a right to get mad. I I wish she wouldn't have, you know, cursed like that. But, um, and when I look back, you know, my boss that I had at M. David Lowe, she was sweet. I look back. (laughs) I thought that boss was giving me suggestions. (laughs) But she was telling me how to do the job. But I thought they were suggestions. So I, (laughs) you don't have to follow suggestions. (laughs) You know, that's just a way of doing it. Me, with no experience, thought I knew better than that boss who had like 15 years' experience. But praise God, praise God, that Emma stood up and she got mad enough for me to cry out to God. You know, praise God I didn't give up because I got my feelings hurt. Because of Emma, okay, and Emma, you know, if you you happen to hear this, you will agree, or anyone that knows Emma will agree, she is probably the most ungodly, foul-mouthed, Person I have ever met. I mean, some of the stuff she would say would just cringe, you know, but God used that woman to train me and I had to respect what she was doing, even though I had no respect for her lifestyle. Because in that job, she was my boss. And God honored that and blessed me. And when I go back and I look back, things, you know, 30 years later, I still can remember something. Oh, that's when that started. That's when, you know, you, know, you hear stories. You know, you know, soldiers go, go to, to boot camp to, to prepare them for the battle. Soldiers don't want to go to boot camp twice. So I don't want to go work for Emma again. She prepared me for things I had. She, she was part of the – God used her to prepare me for things that I had to deal with in, you know, in, in the future. God knew. I believe I was – I think – I believe I was um, during that time. And it was awful. It, it, it's, embarrassing, it's embarrassing as a grown person to get yelled out and cursed at in front of everybody. It's very – if you're a prideful person, it's – I mean, it's hard if you're not a prideful person. You know, I wouldn't know that because, you know, <laughs> I've had issues with pride all my life. But pride keeps us from, you know, asking for help. And um, I'm going to kind of skip down here because I've already told that story. But one of the things that's so important, see, yeah, you know, we talked about the Scripture, about submitting, okay, being sober, okay? And, 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 and pride is what keeps us from hearing you know, I love the scripture we say every, every Sunday. And we're going to say it again. And that scripture um, is uh, in Isaiah 50, starting with the fourth verse. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in, in season to him who is weary. This is a great time to talk to people, right? Okay. He awakens me morning by morning, He awakens my ear to hear as the learned the lord god has opened my ear and i was not rebellious pride will keep you from hearing it'll keep you from hearing other people it'll keep you from hearing the word of god it'll keep you from hearing the uh, the holy spirit pride pride fights against humility and if you want to be used from from, from god from, if you want to be used by god you have to hear what he's saying Otherwise, it's just, it's just empty words. And if you want to, to know how to speak a word in season to the weary, which all of us do, our ears have to be opened. But <laughs> I heard what Emma was saying, but I didn't hear. You know, because and, and, pride will keep you. It'll justify why you're doing what you're doing. It'll just, why, justify why that doesn't apply to you. So if you've ever have read anything in the Word and you think it doesn't apply to you, that's pride. And and just say God, open my ears to hear. Give me understanding. I don't want to, I want to hear it. I want to know it. You know, once the ears are open, that's what it says, and, and he did not rebel. Okay, you can hear, but you can rebel. And it was funny, you know, when I I shared this with you before when I first came to the church, I loved everything there, but then the rebel part. I'm thinking, What? <laughs> Rebel, <laughs> well, I must have been rebelling about something. Whoop. You know what it was probably pride. Who knows what it was? But you know what it. it you know, I hear more now than I used to. I don't. Pride doesn't have the, the the hold on me that that it used to. I'm getting better, but it sneaks its head. You know. Um, I want to be able to speak a word in season. Uh, you know, but. But pride makes you think you know things you don't know. Makes you think you understand you don't know. Makes you think that what that person is saying is wrong. Well, You know what? All we can do with our eyes is we can see physically what someone is doing. We do not know what the Spirit is telling that person. And the Spirit may tell me to do something because He knows the condition of my heart. He's not going to tell somebody else to do. Um but he knows what we need, and we need to hear what he has to say. So I want to encourage people, if you feel, when you, if you have a correction, um, don't, and you get mad, that's probably rebellion. That's probably an issue of pride. When you don't want to be told that what you're doing is wrong, okay, it's in the Word, but we, get, we don't get mad at the word. We get mad at the person that points the word out to us. You know? And, 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 and when it comes to, to instruction, i got two scriptures. You can look it up. There's a lot of scriptures on correction, a lot of scriptures, on, lot of scriptures on, on, on instruction. But if we rebel against the, the instruction that we're giving, it doesn't just keep us from, from moving forward, but it actually puts us in the wrong direction. You, you, you know, you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we all know as parents, your no's have to be no's and your yes has to be yes. If your kid learns that sometimes no isn't no, guess what? You know, they're going to try to wear you down. You know, that's, and that's just, that's, that's how it is. Well, the Holy Spirit knows, I mean, the Holy Spirit, the devil knows, if he can get you to just kind of rebel about this thing, he can put something else in there. And the next thing you know... You're going down the wrong track. The next thing you know, you're listening to those politicians that are, that are speaking against God, that are saying lies. The next thing you know, you're a Christian that's voting against Christian values. That's how that happens. But in Proverbs 10, starting with the 16th verse, it says, He who keeps instructions is in the way of life, but he who refuses corrections go astray. It says it right there. In Proverbs 12, 1, it says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's pretty harsh words. Well, you know what? It was pretty stupid of me to not listen to my boss when she was trying to tell me what to do. It's pretty stupid for a person that has literally no experience doing something to try to think they know a better way of doing it than the person that's successful. And been doing and, and, and has, has a history of success. that is stupid, but pride would tell you I, you know so, something else. Pride can convince you, especially if, if, it's, if it's self-perservation. You know. you know as I said, to this day, Emma is still the, 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 the toughest and the most foul-mouthed and ungodly boss I've ever had, and she's probably of all my bosses uh, caused me to hear from the Lord more, caused me to grow more. And has changed my life drastically. I'm thankful that God put her in a position of authority over me. Cause through that those trials, I was strengthened. I'm a better person because of that. I'm a better Christian because of that. I'm a better mother. I was a better wife because of that. So and not to mention, because of that, because of her if I would have quit that day, I wouldn't have had my choice of another job that led me to my dream job. I would have gone a whole, whole different direction. But praise God. Praise God for her. Praise God. Um, so I want to encourage everyone. Be obedient to what the Lord is telling you to do. You know, um, our pastor is making some changes in our church. Praise God. He hears from the Word, He, he hears from the Lord. You know, uh, uh, he's been instructed to do things differently. Well, if he's being instructed to do things differently, that's a correction. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's a correction. Praise God. His ears are open to hear God's instruction. Praise God. You know, he's not rebelling against that instruction because he's, he's afraid that people are, are going to be mad at him or, or that, that uh, they're going to leave the church. He's being obedient to what God is telling him to do. And we're blessed because of that. Our pastor has the tongue of the learned, and he is speaking a word in this time, in this weary season of, this season of weariness. And if you say it's not a season of weariness, come on. I don't like being at home by myself. No, my bills are paid, all that kind of stuff. But this, this has changed my life in a way I don't like. I don't like wearing a mask and praising at the same time. You know, I, I don't like that. But praise God, the Lord has given our pastor a word in this season. It's going to help us. So I want to read that scripture again, First Peter, you know, five, five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders." It doesn't say, "Submit yourself to the elders if you like what they're saying. That's what the world says. You don't like what they're saying, you just go on down the road, you find somebody else that you like what they're saying. Churches are set up by that. I didn't like that, Pastor. We don't like that. Hey, everybody, let's go over here. You know, that's not wisdom. It's probably pride. Somebody probably wanted to be exalted before they were ready to be exalted. But the Word says you go through those trials and those, and those, and those, those testings, sufferings, you'll be exalted. We want, I, on that job. I wanted to be exalted and get the high pay before I did the, before I did it. You know that's the truth of the matter. You know you've heard me teach on millennials and stuff like that. We've raised a bunch of people like that. Everything they do is wonderful, and we haven't we haven't spoken the truth to them, so they don't know how to hear the truth. And now we're we're shocked that in, in these in these times that they're not coming to us with the truth. We should have told them the truth a long time ago. We should have been that example a long time ago. Churches shouldn't have been afraid to offend people with the truth. Christians shouldn't have been listening to all the lies and and listening to people and letting people and voting people in office that are taking out godly principles. We should have stood up, even if our neighbor loves it. You know, the world wants us to call sin good and good and, and, and good sin. I mean, come on. That is ridiculous. We're the ones that are judgmental. They're judgmental. They, they're judging godly principles. We should not be afraid of what we believe. Because in these weary times, we need the truth. We see what's happening with the, with the government. We see what's happening with politicians. They are falling apart. We're not. God is telling us to do something different. And you know what? When he tells us to do something We expect to get some fruit of that. Praise God. Praise God. And we don't have to know what that fruit is. Praise God. I'm excited about the changes that are taking place. That's exciting. You know, our pastor has us reading two chapters a week. And it was so funny. I was talking to someone, two chapters? (laughs) It was funny. When I read the first two chapters, it took me about ten minutes. That's what, you want me to spend ten minutes a week? Reading the word. I mean, isn't it? Think about it. But we'll spend hours listening to some politician get you all all hamped, amped up with hate. We'll go trolling for stuff. You know, we need to go trolling in the word. So you know, if if, if anyone's offended by what I'm saying, I don't. I'm, I'm not wanting to offend. I'm speaking the truth. You know, uh, how much time do I got? I'll make it kind of quick, but you know, when, when Apollo 11 went to the moon, and I've, I've shared this with my class before, and you'll probably know this, but when, when, when Apollo 11 went to the moon, I, as, a, as a kid, I thought that, that Apollo 11 just went up and went straight to the moon. But it didn't. They got it out of the atmosphere. They had to do some course corrections. They had to do some more math and figure some stuff out along the way. There were several course corrections that got them there and got them back. But as Christians, we expect to know exactly how to get there. And there's sometimes you don't know where you're going until you get here. Because you're going to, you, from here to here, you're going to learn what you need to get from here to there. And from here to there, you're going to learn what you've got to get from there to here. We want to skip the steps. Because we think we know better The truth of the matter Pride will tell you I don't got to do that I don't got to do that The word doesn't tell you that So um, And and when you have pride talking to you It's you know It it can um, Cause you to even see things wrong Um you know, I, uh, y'all have heard me talk about this before too, but I have literally had one of the worst marriages and one of the best marriages. I really did. Uh, it's a shame that my worst marriage lasts as long as it did. But I've been married one time to the same man. For years, I cried out to God for change. Actually, I cried out to God to change him. And every time I got into the word... Or, or, or if God opened my ear to hear, he was telling me what I had to do. And I rebelled against that. Because I wasn't praying for me. I was praying for God to change him. And, uh, and finally, it took, it took me way too long to obey what the word was telling me to do. And I, the first thing I had to do was I had to apologize for something I didn't do. My husband thought that I said something that I had never even thought. And I was hurt that he even thought that I thought that. And the Lord told me to apologize. Apologize? I didn't do anything wrong. Right? You're you apologize when I did nothing wrong? I'm apologizing because he's believing this lie? That took me a long time. And I apologized. And guess what? <laughs> Mark didn't trust me. So what do I do? I go back, see God? Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> you know? And I, and, and, and I, I wish I, I obeyed right away, but I, I mulled on that probably for, you know, months. And when I, when I got serious and got desperate, I would pray, and the Holy Spirit would say, go apologize for that again. I had to do it five times. Do you know what it's like to apologize for something you didn't do? To, but my husband did not trust me. His mind was lying to him. His mind twisted, and, and it's not unique to him. We all do that. Hmm. What did he mean by that? Why does that person get that look on their face? What? You know, we, 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 want, we want to believe evil about people. And, but that was the beginning of the healing of our marriage. And shortly after that, but five times, and I can't say it five days in a row. I'm going to say five times in the course of probably six months or more. Maybe a year, I don't know. And finally, one time, he said to me, Why do you keep apologizing for that? And stupid me, I just said, Because the Holy Spirit told me I had to. Now, I didn't say, Well, the Holy Spirit told me I had to because you got it all wrong and yun, 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 y- you know. Cause I, after all, I did nothing wrong. You know, you can take, you can, you can apologize and then take it back, justify it. And anyway, but when I told him that, he cried. He cried. He cried. And then I was able to say to him, "I don't think I said that later, but but if I did, I'm so sorry because that's not what's in my heart." And that was the beginning. Of the healing of our marriage. I wasted too much time. Okay. I would pray. Okay. God would open my ear to hear. And I rebelled against it way too many times. So if anyone has something going on out there. And you're praying about it. Lay down your pride. When you lay down your pride. The grace of God gives you the strength to be humble, and that 's where healing takes place that 's when healing takes place. But if we don't lay down the pride the healing, it, 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 it roars its head, and what happens you 're anxious <laughs> you know I mean my marriage anxiety because things were not going right, you know and praise and, and i 'm thankful that now. I mean, the good years are really good, and it's really good now that he's gone. I've got those great memories. I love the fact that Ruth has some good memories. You know, I love that. That's really what I remember. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I remember one day Ruth came home from from one of the the, the studies there, and she looked at me, and she had this weird look on her face, and she said, Mom, you really love Dad. You really love Dad. You know, and I didn't go and say, well, I, yeah, I put up with a lot of, stuff. You, know, you know, I didn't do that. I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Pride can talk you out of loving someone. Selfishness, pride, all those things, self-perseverance, you know, what, what's the problem in most, if you think about it, you look at how does the enemy come against the church, okay, it, it, it attacks the families, If you can get mommy and daddy yelling at each other, it causes turmoil in the house, and the kids don't trust anything. So what's going to happen? The parents say they're Christians, right? But they don't act like Christians, okay? So where are our kids going to turn in times of trouble? Well, we weren't good examples to them, so they're not going to turn to us. They're going to turn to some city slicker spewing lies and offering an easy ride, Because we have raised millennials to be like that. And now we're shocked that they don't trust the elders. So many people are so disrespectful to the leaders in their church. And you're surprised that your kids don't respect leaders? That's their first example of leaders. So many parents don't respect teachers. And you're surprised that your kids don't respect teachers? We're teaching them not to respect. And the Lord is correcting us. There's, some, there's going to be some changes. And I'm not saying the pastor's doing that thing. that You know, I'm going to do that. But, but we're given instructions to help us to grow. And we need to be sober-minded. And we need to be diligent. And if we feel like running, we need to say, ha, 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 why do I feel like running? Because I can tell you this. Think about this. Emma was the toughest and the most ungodly foul-mouthed person I've ever known and I learned a great deal from her just think how much more we can learn from a godly leader that that has the that has the tongue of the learned who doesn't rebel against his what he is hearing so I want to encourage everyone that It's so important in this time to walk in unity. And it's the enemy that's causing the division. The enemy is causing the division in marriages, in races, in government, politics, churches. The division is coming from the enemy. And the way he gets an end to us is through our pride. Or... Or selfishness, which is, they're, they're so closely together. But but the word tells us to walk in unity. So, so we'll just look at uh, four, uh, Ephesians 4, starting with the first verse. It says, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness. Lowliness, that's a good thing. Pride. Pride. Doesn't get you anywhere in all gentleness, long suffering, bearing with one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and God and the Father, one God and the Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. And I want to read, I want, want to close with the scripture because it's a long scripture, but there's so much importance for us to be in unity. See, the enemy doesn't want us to be in unity. So, the any, is, the enemy, so any move we make to be in unity, the enemy is going to try to attack it. You know what? If you fail, get it. You know, you know, I snapped a few seconds ago. I can snap again. We don't have to wait till the next day. We can wait a few seconds. We, can be, we should be so correctable that we can change on a dime. If we would do that, it will it, cause some lowliness. You know, okay, you know what? I got some things wrong. You know, it's hard for someone that teaches to say, I taught you wrong. <laughs> but wow, if you're willing to say that, if you're willing to lay down your pride, if you're willing to humble yourself, God will give you the grace to go through that. And uh, so I want to look at Philippians uh, 2. I am going kind of long and I apologize for that, but we'll just finish this real quick. It says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through the selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem the other better than himself. Let each one of you look out, not only for your own interest, but also the interest of others. Let the mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. Jesus humbled himself. Why do we have such a hard time humbling ourselves? And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name. This name is above every problem in the world, every sickness, every disease, every lie. That at that name, Jesus, at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow and those who those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to God be the glory, uh, I mean, to, to, the, to the glory of God the Father. And this is something important, and I want to close with this one right here. I, think, well, I keep saying I'm going to close, but therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in the present, in presence only, but now much more in my absence. Okay, we're, we're to obey when we go home, when we're in our cars. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For the God who works in you both the will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining or disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I think we're in, we're in that generation right now. Among whom uh, you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the light, the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ and that I have not run in vain are labored in vain. So, if you're having problems with anxiety, you're having problems with fear, check yourself. If you're rebelling from the Word of God, if you're rebelling from godly leaders, that might be the reason that you're in so much fear. If you're turning to the world for, for hope, if you're turning to the government to save you, you're turning to the wrong source. Because the Word says that in these trying times, we may have to suffer it for a while, but it's going to strengthen us. It's going to, it's going to, we're going to be better. We're going to be okay. He has pastors for us. He has provision for us. So I thank you, Lord, for your Word, and I want to close with a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for correction. Thank you, Lord, for opening our ears and preparing us, preparing our tongues to, you know, to, to speak to the weary. And those of us that are weary, I thank you, Lord, that we have other leadership that are speaking to us. And I'm thankful, Lord, that we're not going to roll over and die. You are going to take care of us. So in this situation, we can be the light. You wouldn't tell us to be the light if we couldn't. So, Lord, I just ask you to give us more revelation, give us more instruction, so that we can serve you better. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, thank you. got <laughs> to put my mask on so I can go down the stairs. Oh. I should turn that off.